This episode was recorded on June 13th, 2021. Our topic for today, European FinTech Opportunities. John, let's jump right into our main topic for today, which is looking at the biggest opportunities or the biggest lessons from European fintech. So, John, I think we wanted to start this conversation. We were looking at all of the different remaining companies in Europe, and an interesting question came to our mind, which is, Johnny, in Africa, we ran into M-Pesa. In Asia, we ran into Alipay. In America, we ran into Cash App and Venmo, basically peer-to-peer payment companies, not payment acceptors, not banks or neobanks or payment infrastructures, P2P payment systems and escrows, basically closed ecosystems within themselves. And we were looking through this and going, wait, where's the European equivalent? Seemingly Europe makes the most sense for having a peer-to-peer payment system. And yet until recently, there just wasn't, well, even recently, there just wasn't that. Well, yeah, there was a verse. There was a verse, the Spanish, there's a Spanish peer-to-peer payment app that worked across Europe, had raised $37 million and got acquired by Square last year. And they joined the Square's cash app division. So, and at the time, uh, you know, Square was, Square's cash app was prevalent in the US and UK. And they were, you know, Square was trying to expand into Europe and they've done it through this acquisition of Verse. So there's there before we get into general trends on this, though, and deeper into this question, there is a new player in this, Johnny, uh, which is Olive. I mean, uh, which is which is Zoom, Johnny. The Chinese. Are you sure it's not the Chinese expanding to Europe? They're more welcoming than Americans. What do you count Russia? I said Chinese. I didn't say Asians. What do you count Russia considering? Uh, so, so yes, really quickly. So Zoom is a Russian based company uh, that the best way to describe it is it's Alibaba. In fact, it sells the same products. Zoom e-commerce, which is, uh, well, Zoom runs uh, one of the fastest growing e-commerce marketplaces in Europe, which has seen it's over 300 Alibaba. million downloads. Yes, it is it's literally Alibaba. <laughs> like if you told me this was just a translate Alibaba site, I'll be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like, I think I think your initial thought was you were wondering if it was a Chinese uh, yes, app until we we dived a little yes, deeper. Yes, my initial thought was, is this just a Chinese app? So yes, it's it's wonderful to see where we always say that hey, someone's copying the Americans or someone's got the Russians. Uh, was about to say are copying the Chinese and bringing it over to the Europeans. It's it's great to see they're they're bridging that gap. It's wonderful. Yes, copycatting is not a one way street. Mm-hmm. Doesn't just happen from the west to the east. Um, I mean, Russia, but, Russia is half Asian, half uh, European. They come, they come by it rightfully. It's just like they, you know, they went to the family reunion. They brought back something from their culture. <laughs> they, they combined the best of both worlds. But bring bringing it back to fintech, right? So Junpei was started by the people who were behind Joom, and I think back in November they they got a license, and so um, they're operating out of uh, Luxembourg. So they're EU-wide service that, they're, that they've just launched. So there's not much we can really say in terms of obviously users, how they're going to do it. They just literally launched, I think, in the last few months. But you can see I that there's that. that intent to have a European-wide instant transfer service. I can tell you their roadmap. 
what is their roadmap? So they, so they're, they're going to have peer to peer payments in escrow. Then, uh, they will introduce personal finance systems such as, uh, what's called such as investing and other forms of investment. They're going to become a platform such that other apps can integrate with it. Then they'll break off their own company called, uh, June, uh, June finances. And then they will seek, they will seek to uh, IPO at some point in about 10 years. But then the German government will block them under anti-monopoly laws uh, under the German uh, federal cartel office. Yes. And well, then, the Germans are always wary of the Russians. So, yes. And then the, uh, what was I about to say? And then the, the CEO of June will not be seen for several months. So yes, that's the, that's the next 10 years of June. And June I mean, I, I was about to say, you should go consult for this company, but their roadmap <laughs> has been pretty much written publicly by Ali, yeah. Alibaba and Alipay. They just yes. got to follow that rule book. And that's been one yes. of the theses, right? Uh, on a serious note that we've been uh, discussing during our FinTech series, right? The ultimate goal is to be like an Alipay, right? To be an all-in-one financial services company. Why has it taken us so long? Because, well, let's first establish this. To me, my crux is Europe seems ripe for this needing this type of system. You got people who travel all around. The EU passport allows you to go from place to place to place. You got a centralized currency, which means it's not like, you know, Deutschmarks and Franks. I'm like, oh no, you know, it's like, I need to, no, we got a centralized currency to pay each other in. And we have, you know, fairly, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a fairly affluent region, all things considered, but we saw it in America way first. We saw it in China way first. We saw it in Pesa and Africa way first. And now we're just getting it to see it in Europe. And even then it's not that big. It's just starting. So I, I think there's a few things. Um, I think maybe within a country, because uh, uh, part of that uh, article I was talking about, the acquisition of Verse was saying that <clears throat> the peer-to-peer uh, industry in Europe is pretty fragmented, right? There's... there's uh, companies in, in France there's, and there's other places are providing it at the local level, but not at the pan-European level. And so part of this okay. is just the legislation, right? Just, okay. just taking a step back and thinking about how easy it is to set up a business and to run a but business, is, right? But yes. isn't that the point of the EU's, isn't that point of the Eurozone and the EU well, system? I mean, that's how June got June pay. They got a pan-European license from Luxembourg, which is why they're quote unquote based in Luxembourg. Yes. The Eurozone was created to make it easy to run businesses across the continent, right? At least in the, within the Eurozone. But that so doesn't exchange I wonder, and to help day-to-day people as well. Yes. But that's to me seems more like did you if you already had an established business, it was easy to then, you know, go from France to Germany to Belgium to Poland all the way through, right? But mm-hmm. starting a business is another thing. Because I, I know I remember when Macron came into power, one of the things he really wanted to push was to make it simpler to start. Uh, to, to launch a startup, right? And really mm-hmm. push for all these different initiatives and reduce the burden of starting a business. And that's what I was trying to get to earlier. I think it's very easy to start a business in the United States, relatively easy to start in, in Canada, probably relatively easy to start a business in China, right? But it's not even necessarily easy to start a business in Europe. It's so overregulated and has so many hurdles that it just gets caught up in that whole swath. And that's why we see like a Jupe existing and needs to come from Russia. And I think, yes, correct. And so the other thing is, 
and this was mentioned in, in another uh, article comparing the fintech between Asia, America, and Europe, is that there's there's a lack of digital, I don't want to say literacy, but um, maybe the lack of youth that's needed to, to, to embrace all of this newer technology. So it would make sense that, yes, there might be local equivalents, right? But they're local, right? They might serve a few million people, but they might only be within a certain region, within a specific country. That, that, that company is not likely to expand beyond that, right? All right, so let's then, let's then summarize to this question, which is, we talked about this in our FinTech tour, we seek to find the largest opportunities in the, in the world for FinTech companies. Is Europe an opportunity at all? Well, I like to see there's opportunities everywhere. It just depends on what kind of opportunity and whether it's interesting or not. There has a been start- a rise. There has okay. been a rise of neobanks in, in uh-huh. Europe, right? Talking to my brother, I know, for example, he uses Revolut, which uh, came out of uh, England, right? Uh, that's London. how that's spelled? Uh, sorry, that's how that's pronounced? Yes, Revolut. Ah, okay. Yeah, so there's neobanks, aka cheaper digital millennial banks. Exactly, right? So for people starting the, their careers now, for millennials, Gen Z, there are these the rise of these companies that serves their needs, right? So there, there is a youth. But all neobanks are is just... It's, it's no harder to start a neobank than to start a new bank. If there's no innovation there. I'm just going to put a layer of UI and not hire any tellers. That's all a neobank well, listen, is. You ask for not the most innovative. You ask for the opportunities. Opportunities are not always necessarily innovative. I see. I Okay. Okay. No, no. Right? That's, that's a very fair statement. That is a very, very fair statement. I mean, what, are you, we, what innovation are you going to add to Europe? Right? They have a good socialist program so that people who retire can live comfortably. It's <laughs> so not like you have a. These are the Westerners' opinions population. of Europe. This is the Westerners' opinions of uh, of European of European governments. Socialism. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. This no, seriously. The, they, they, this is what the sixties did to our definition of socialism. No, but uh, you know, again, on a serious note, Europe doesn't have the individual culture that you know america and to some extent canada has right and so maybe that is part of what uh enables them to not necessarily think that there is anything more to do you know what i blame soccer what soccer is a great sport see what does what does football proper football uh which is american football (laughs) teach you teaches you combativeness teaches you uh what's it called teaches you fighting for every inch Every inch, uh-huh. one inch at a time, uh-huh. as other overgrown, large gentlemen are literally trying to stop uh-huh. you and force uh-huh. you down. Uh-huh. And then, and then, like, it's, some uh-huh. people say it's like, oh, so it's like rugby. No, rugby doesn't teach you these things because you have to stop for a good five minutes in between each play and strategize your hatred and build up for that 30 seconds of action. Uh, However, in soccer, you're just running around randomly, just randomly running around for 90 minutes. That's not a that's not a sport. That's recreational jogging. So that's how you compare the fintech companies. So you're saying that the fintech companies in Europe are are flailing. Where where, where were we before we uh, kept well, before I started insulting European soccer? No, we were talking about seriously opportunities, right? So based on your research, what opportunities do you see in Europe? Right. Again, opportunities, not necessarily someone having the initiative to actually do it. But you see, I can't separate the two because let's put it this way. Let's put this, let's put this analysis here. 
a non and, and this is not a truism period, but a non-innovative opportunity is, can, is at most maximally successful if you try to monopolize all of your competition. But you can't do that. There's laws and regulations everywhere in uh, everywhere in Europe. So for example, let's say I create a neobank. That's not innovative. So I need to become the biggest bank in Europe. Well, can't do that. It's can't do that legally or can't do that. Uh, I either can't do it legally or I can't do it realistically. So I'll be a bit player at best. And by bit, it could be you know, billions of dollars, billions of euros, but be a bit player at best. So that's why I can't separate innovation opportunity. Whereas if I carve out something new, find a new model, I could take over with it, which is you know kind of the spirit of our Silicon Trail here. They're not here to take part, we're here to take over. Yes, I think you can make a new bank, you can make a peer-to-peer, you can make it e-payments, you can make an Amazon, you can make all of these different types of things. These are all opportunities that exist in Europe. I would put it this way, there's no opportunity that exists anywhere else in the world that doesn't also exist in Europe. Europe has the money, the infrastructure, and rich enough people that you'll find your customer base. But I don't think you can dominate in Europe. I don't think you can be, you can create an innovative thing that becomes number one in Europe. And I mean, just to add to that, it might also not be worthwhile, right? So generally speaking, you know, there's a tendency to think that the northern parts of the EU are wealthier than the southern parts, right? And, you know, we see that with the Greece uh, pretty much imploding, right? Uh, the, the, with the Greece, just... <laughs> with the Greece imploding, that sounds That's... like a bad fire. We got put out. We got put out the Greece. Yes, we got put out the Greece. No, the Greek financial situation around the the Great uh, uh, Recession, right? So yeah, that almost that almost broke up the EU. Exactly right, and now, uh, yeah. So so I think so part of it, I'm just hypothesizing here that uh, uh, you know. Maybe you're if you're successful in Germany, you don't need to expand anywhere else, right? If you're successful in 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 the UK, you don't need to expand anywhere else, right? Maybe those are the larger, uh, if you have a toehold in the larger economies within the Eurozone, there's maybe no incentive for you to go anywhere else, right? Because you already are in part of the stronger parts of the Eurozone. That's a good point. That's a good point. Right? And I was going to ask this one final follow-up question to this, which is, and this is the same thing for whenever we do, you know, if we ever do the health tech tour, international health tech tour or the international crypto tour or the international anything tour when it comes to Europe is, is this, you know, lack of whatever, uh, innovation, mind you, lack of free unregulated systems, lack of whatever it is that causes Europe to be Europe problematic for Europe. Hmm. Interesting. Because I think it's this, and and this is not just for fintech, but this is for the larger of Europe. All Europe needs to do is go through an economic downturn and the lack of, and I think we'll start seeing things change or or we'll see a whole bunch of non-European companies come in and just dominate. Europe's buoyed by its government and its government's money and the EU's ability to keep it afloat. If we have more Brexits and we have more uh, what was about to say? More economic downturns. I think we'll see things change. 
Yes. This was the argument. I was about to say this was the argument for people wanting to leave the EU and the UK. It's not really the argument, but it's part of the argument. That's true. That's true. But yes. But yes. All right. I think that's that's it for Europe. Next, we will cover uh, Southeast Asia and Southwest Asia as well. Uh, outside of, I would say, we outside of we covered India. Uh, we covered parts of Japan and China when we covered. Uh, our original ITT series. So I think we're going to go focus on the regions around there, Singapore, Philippines, uh, Vietnam, you know, uh, Malaysia, uh, Malaysia and others, Indonesia, exactly, where all these different opportunities, Pakistan, where all these different opportunities may exist. So uh, Thailand. So yeah, so with that, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Show podcast. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening.